The coquille, a tiny but very vociferous tree frog, is the national symbol of Puerto Rico, beloved in folklore and in song. Every evening after sundown, as the yellow moon is rising, on our Caribbean island, comemos insistent sound. Nor an outland, nor a cricket, nor a sunburn in the thicket. It's the Puerto Rican trito, you'll hear it all around. But while the Coquille's lusty croak is a beloved part of the Puerto Rican soundscape, lulling residents to sleep every night, it's a different story on the big island of Hawaii. Coquille showed up on the island as stowaways a few years back, and because the frog has no natural predator there, they're proliferating like crazy, taking over, some locals would say. Dan Collison and Elizabeth Meister have the story of Hawaii's reaction to the Coquille's invasion. The Hawaiian forest at night is incredibly quiet. I compare it to being out in the desert at night. There's exquisite silence, exquisite. You know, it was pretty quiet around here 10 years ago, five years ago even. When the Cokies first came, we would hear one and then a couple more, and then it was maybe 20. I started out by just, when I heard one, I'd go get it and kill it, and a couple months later, I'd hear a couple more, and I'd go get them. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was hundreds and thousands. It was overwhelming. The whole thing encroached on us. Now there's just a gentle roar that goes all the time, pretty much. Just this little roar. How? How did I get here? Did someone bring me here? What did I do? We believe that the, the frogs came to Hawaii as part of the uh, nursery trade, either directly from Puerto Rico or perhaps from Florida, where the coquille frog has also been introduced from Puerto Rico. Lost my luggage and I lost my way. Didn't plan to be a stowaway. Is it my imagination? No, this is one bad vacation. The call that you hear, the call is... Uh, given by the males, and that's to attract females. Cookie, 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 cookie. As soon as it's 5 o'clock, you cannot hear anything except that. They're very noisy. Cookie, 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 cookie. That sound, that terrible sound. Cookie. To me, it's like a plague, you know, of locusts or something of biblical proportions. And I have to wear uh, ear muffs at night because I can't sleep. Lost my luggage and I lost my way. We find sound pressure levels of the Koki chorus upwards of uh, 73 decibels. Which is harmful to the human ear, which is also the same decibel as a chainsaw. The Koki is a higher decibel than that of the alarm clock. Or weed whacker. Like being at a loud party. You have to raise your voice to have a conversation. So if you have a million of these screaming coquille outside your bedroom window at night, do not expect to get any sleep. Help, this wasn't my idea. Nobody wants me here. I'm so alone. When we capture frogs, They'll get the gentle touch. They'll find themselves squashed against a tree. I put the frog in a bucket of hot water over 113 degrees, and it succumbed to the heat. Or for the people that are a little squeamish about that, 
we put them in a plastic bag and put them into the freezer compartment of our freezer and that puts them into deep hibernation. We need to use anesthetics or pithing, you know, with a needle suddenly destroying the, the brain and, and the spinal cord. We have used empty bottle of pine saw. Sorry, but we suffocate them. One minute, they're gone. It's funny, when I saw my first koki in person in my place in Kalapana, my daughter was horrified because we practice nonviolence at home and uh, I suddenly started to stomp on it. And, and they're very tough and leathery and the soil was soft and I couldn't make a dent on that frog and I had to turn into quite an ugly beast before I finally ground it to a pulp. <laughs> this is no hallucination. No, it's just your bad vacation. What we'll do is with headlamps, try to search the ground, the shrubs, the surfaces of the leaves, up on the trunks, and catch everything we can. My name is uh, Dr. William Mounts. I'm a professor of biology at UH Hilo, and we're sitting in Lava Tree State Monument on the Big Island of Hawaii. This is a real hot spot for the uh, invasive koki frog here. It's one of the early places where koki frogs got established and they have huge population densities here and very loud choruses at night. We've walked this area extensively. There are no big body swallowing cracks here. Part of my research is to try to discover what are its effects on native forest ecosystems because here we've got four frogs per square meter. Caught one. Although it's small, this is a new predator. You ready for data on this guy? Yes. And so these frogs are going to be consuming huge numbers of insects and spiders and other arthropods. Height is 95. It represents a major new player in the food web. SBL 18. And potentially could disrupt the food web of Hawaiian forests. Mass 1.1. They also appear to be able to spread fairly rapidly. My name is Roy Lanham. I live in Pohoa, Puna, Hawaii. Work at Ning's Thai Cuisine as a waiter. You know, we have an open air restaurant here, so they come hopping along the sidewalk looking for any place that has a little bit of water. So when they go into our plants, even the fake ones, climb up there and uh, chirp right in the customer's ears. You know, most people are alarmed, of course. They think someone's playing a trick or that there's some kind of weird music on or can we turn it down or, you know, they're asking, what is that? What is that? You know, is it birds? Parrots? <laughs> and then they were saying it was bats, but we don't think it's really bats, right? Well, Ning's is like the best Thai restaurant on the Big Island, but man, the racket is unbelievable when you're sitting there. I mean, forget about having a romantic meal and whispering sweet nothings to someone because you're going to have to shout those sweet nothings. We had one in here for several months. I could not find it, you know. And you think, you know, it's that loud. It's easy to find, right? And I might shake the plant, and I could never find it, you know. It's just amazing. Finally, I think it must have gone out because I stopped hearing that either with that or uh, one of the girls in back saw it and stepped on it. So they step on anything that moves in the restaurant. You know, you've got to keep that stuff under control. My name's Kenny Parrish. We're in the um, area called Kapoho on a big island, and I'm three-quarters of a mile from the ocean, about 20 miles from the volcano of Kilauea. Came to Hawaii the first time in 1983, 
and it's taken me about 20 years to get here. I knew I wanted to move here, but then one day I woke up and I just said, it's time. I'm working for a local municipality of Irvine, California. I was doing facilities maintenance. I was a lead man there. What I did was, when everybody was going out to the river and having a good time on weekends, I went to the local store and I found a really cheap beer. And I would sit there and to help save my pennies, I would have two bottles for Friday night, two bottles for Saturday, and two bottles for Sunday. And then inside the house, I put a picnic table in the dining area and I took some posters that I got from the local grocery store. They were dull pineapple posters with little Hawaiian kids. Put straw mats down on the floor for a little Hawaiian flair. Tried using that to keep my sanity and to keep myself focused on why I was punishing myself so much. That went on for about seven or eight years. As we're standing here, we've got a nice trade winter blowing about four or five miles an hour, and you look at this beautiful powder blue sky and these beautiful, beautiful clouds we have here that just dot the sky. I'm in love with this land here. I'm absolutely in love with this place. I love it. That's a koki. I've got some right over there by that banana tree. He taunts me at night, wakes me up at night. What I've got is I've got a five-acre parcel here building a bed and breakfast and the idea is the old plantation housing. The way I've set up my property I think I can pretty well keep them out as long as I have access to the chemicals needed and the equipment needed. If I don't have access to this I will not have a business and it's time to just pack up and move but I don't know where I'm going to go to. That would be the hard part. Hi, this is Kim at the Volcano Area Koki Hotline. Please leave your name and My name is Kim Tavares. I'm a member right of back. the Volunteer Kokistadores group trying to prevent Koki from becoming established in Volcano Village. We have two Koki Hotlines for people to call in to report hearing a frog or needing some kind of help with a frog or wanting to learn how to catch it. We're driving through Hawaii Volcanoes National Park right now around the crater rim. Kilauea Crater is right off to our right. This section of road goes through the rainforest. This is where the frogs like to be, mostly because it's close to the entrance station and they travel on cars and buses. There are hundreds of independent populations of koki frogs scattered all over the Big Island. The new populations are founded by uh, human transport. If you look at a map of where all these koki populations are, they're on corridors of roads and towns. The buses, wherever they go, um, anywhere in the lower elevations of this district, there's koki frogs. They're big buses, there's a lot of surface area, and it's close to the ground as it is. All they have to do is drive through grass that's three feet tall, and they could be picking frogs up on the bus. You know, numbers of them. But then, you know, when they stop, then the frogs, you know, they bail. They get off that bus and they head for the vegetation. Nobody before has ever had to deal with a plague of frogs and try to get technical tools to work with it. It's a brand new problem. We've got a 200 gallon water tank here. 
we're going to mix up a solution of hydrated lime. We have some rather crude tools in terms of these sprays, citric acid and hydrated lime. Those simply aren't good for combating large populations of frogs. We're just spraying the whole forest and when I spray, I'll spray on both sides of the tree because we've actually had cokies look at us and they'll run around the other side of the tree and you go to spray them, you spray the tree and they look back at you like you missed me and we've played these games with these frogs. We've got a local call of pukas around here which is puka is a large hole from the volcano and we found pukas that are 30-40 feet deep and you're walking through brushes head high. Well I'm 60 years old doing this don't want to be doing this when I get older. Don't want to be doing this tonight. But if we get more community involvement, this will help everybody. We can solve this problem. I'm just absolutely sure of it. Two chickens in every pot? Well, we need two sprayers in every lot. My name is Carol Curtis Weldon, and my husband and I live on the Hamakua Coast, which is located north of Hilo. It's wonderful to be able to go to bed at night and hear the wind in the trees and hear the rain on the roof. We do live here on the ocean and four months out of the year we have whales at the base of our cliff edge and we hear them talking to each other. If the koki frog was on our property, the koki frog would mask the sounds. My name is Nancy Molitor, and I live in Upper Kaiviki uh, near Hilo, Hawaii. I run a bed and breakfast called Seascape Gardens B&B. This is a welcome package in with shampoo and all that. And this is a pack of earplugs, and there's a little plastic frog the size of a koki that sits on there. When I first arrived here, I could hear Koki in the distance, several acres away. And I immediately would go out at night with my dog and I'd hand catch them. I've actually carried a machete with me in order to fight off wild pigs should they approach me while I was sitting waiting for a frog to croak so that I could find him and pick him up. About three years ago, the county offered 200 gallon sprayers, so I'm 71 now. That was a few years ago. So like I weigh 120 pounds at the most, so to haul that big fire hose, I felt like I might go up in the air too. <laughs> I have put in anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week working fighting the koki frog, and this is all volunteer work. And then I would find out just within two weeks, it was just all coming back again. I just said, I surrender. They win. My husband eats out of a crock pot four or five nights out of the week. I said, I want to go home. I want to spend time with my husband. I'm retired. I want to start acting like, you know, we can live in our life and live in our little piece of paradise. Okay, I'm going to read for you my op-ed piece in the Honolulu Star Bulletin that I wrote. Preposterously and insultingly, the Big Island government expects residents to perform the impossibly gargantuan travail of eliminating what could and should have been prevented by government to begin with. 
My name is Richard Sullivan, and I live in Hawaiian Paradise Park, which is a very large subdivision in the town of Keao on the Big Island of Hawaii. On an island as large as the state of Connecticut, with vast areas of rugged wilderness and boundless agricultural lands, no citizen army, no matter how enthusiastic or well-equipped, could possibly make a dent. But expecting single mothers, kids, the elderly, the sick, and the infirm to skulk around in the middle of nowhere in the black of night with giant sprayers lashed to their backs on an island that's riddled with gaping hidden crevices is simply ludicrous. Aloha, my name is William Kinoy. I'm an executive assistant to Mayor Harry Kim, uh, County of Hawaii. I think we're asking the citizens to meet us halfway because if people think they're going to call 1-800-NO-KOKI and government has 50 people on staff, you know, and we got $20 million, you just call 1-800-NO-KOKI and there's a KOKI squad at your house this evening, it's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. You got termites at your house, you don't call government, right? You got any other bugs that, right? But at the same time, government cannot sit back and say it's not our jurisdiction. So what we said is, Hey, community, how about meeting us? We do have resources to buy sprayers. You know, we do have resources to buy chemicals. We do have resources to give you. It's a formidable species. They don't perish easily. Hats off to the koki. We had done some spraying. It seemed like we're pretty obviously in the wrong spot. There was a fairly large koki infestation. We had cleared that out once before. So, um... Went through the bush, um, it's a fairly thick area. Got into a pocket of cokies. I don't hear so well anymore, but I noticed there's a little high frequency peep at the end of their call when I'm within about five feet of them. And I was looking at in this tree that had large leaves, so I lifted up the pile of leaves, reached in and hand captured this one. I got one! Then I brought that one out to the road. That's a cookie. Went to exterminate it, so I tried stepping on him several times. I stepped on him once. Did you hear him pop? It's the sound of lungs popping. And they are very, very resilient. Probably took maybe five times of stepping on him to um, make me feel better so he wouldn't croak anymore. I don't think the cokey felt the same way, but he's not suffering. I, I didn't plan on this. I didn't ask for this. This is my bad vacation. My name is Petra Wiesenbauer. I'm, together with my husband, the owner of Hale Makamai Bed and Breakfast. As a host, if you tell people this is a real problem, you know, then people will really focus on it and it will become a problem for people that are staying here. But I feel if we educate them on the situation, it opens up people's understanding and it will not create these walls or, you know, defense mechanisms. My name is Steve Arnold. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. Right after we got here, those frogs started up. So we had quite a serenade last evening. I really love it. Seems tropical. We also treat it as a natural occurrence, and we will sometimes go cokey hunting at night with them, especially if we have children here. It's just like an adventure. I'm Roger Hani, and I've lived here on this property here in Orchidland Estates for about 25 years now. And I started up this recording studio a while back and pretty much just got going with the recording studio and the cokey started coming in. 
We used to be able to record at night acoustic music in the big room with windows open and all that and get a real nice uh, acoustic sound and we just can't do that anymore. Or I guess we can, but you get cookies in the background. And at that point I just decided, well, I better learn to like them because they're here. I'm Sarah Warner and I'm Roger's wife. Our house, it's in the woods. There's trees all around and you just get used to it. It's, it blends in. We have a, a couple of recordings that our bluegrass band did. I would have preferred to record them more cleanly, but it, it adds a little different flavor. It, you know, makes it, in the distance, they sound a bit like crickets, and uh, that's not a bad thing for some stuff, you know, it just gives it a down-homey feel. My name is Sidney Singer. I'm a medical anthropologist professionally, and I uh, am a conservationist and animal lover. What we have here is uh, an interspecies community of goats and sheep, horses, ducks, chickens, geese, some peacocks, and dogs and cats and us, all living in peace and harmony. So everybody has their place, and then there's the cokey frogs. Now it's about the time they're starting to wake up and get ready to party all night. My name is Solomon Singer and I help my parents here on the Cokie Preserve and Farm. When it's cold out in the winter, it gets so cold that the Cokies sort of stop singing and it's hard to fall asleep without them. So I really love the Cokies. This is a sanctuary. We're officially calling this a Hawaiian Cokie Frog Sanctuary and Nature Preserve. And it's very Hawaiian to have a sanctuary. In Hawaiian, it was called a pu'u honua, and that was a place of refuge. If there was a condemned criminal and he was able to get to the place of refuge, they were spared. So we consider this a place of refuge for the Cokies. The condemned criminal, you know why he's condemned? Because he chirps. And some people just don't like the sound of chirping frogs. I think that's insane. I am Catherine Prout. I was born and raised in Hawaii. I'm 58, I've lived here a long time. The koki is here to stay. I don't see how it can be eradicated entirely. Maybe the numbers could be controlled, but the kids that are growing up now will just grow up with kokis being the reality of the background sound of their lives. And those of us that have been around long enough to remember when they weren't, that'll just be the past. So why don't we just not go through it all, not waste the millions that they've already spent on this, and they want to spend millions more just controlling the numbers of frogs, spraying the forest with acid, indiscriminately killing whatever they can because they are angry at the frogs. You know, when you work with government and you work on securing resources to address important issues, it's always an issue of priorities. You know, you're going to grab more money for cokey frogs? Okay. Where are you taking it from? Do I take it from the education system? Do I take it away from children and families and social services? Do I take it from the Department of Health? You tell me where that extra money comes from. It's a real challenge. I think it all has to do with the spin. Everybody's kind of freaking out on these uh, things, but it's not that obnoxious of a sound. It's actually rather pleasant. There certainly could be marketing possibilities for the cokey frog. All kinds of little cokey souvenirs. I mean, cokey pillows, cokey curtains. Bill it as, you know, come to Hawaii and hear the singing frogs. Sing, Cokie, sing! In Puerto Rico, the frog is loved. It is adored. It is the national animal. 
In Hawaii, they're being reviled as a plague of monsters. So we have the same frog, two different cultures. So clearly, Hawaii doesn't have a frog problem, it has an Aptu problem. Every evening after sundown, as the yellow moon is rising On our Caribbean island, home and most insistent sound Nor an outland, nor a cricket, nor a sunburn in the thicket It's the Puerto Rican trito, you'll hear it all around Our story on the Koki frog in Hawaii was produced by Dan Collison and Elizabeth Meister for Long Haul Productions. It originally aired as part of the public radio series Stories from the Heart of the Land, funded by the Nature Conservancy. The song Koki was performed by Lito Peña and his orchestra Panamerica. The revised steel drum version was performed by the Invaders. The song Bad Vacation is by the Hilo Hawaii band Dr. Jerky and Mr. Huge. And special thanks to M. DePillis. To hear more Koki music and more long-haul stories, go to www.longhaulpro.org. <laughs>